everyone. This is Emmanuel, your certified emotion code, body code practitioner. Uh, this is season two, episode 11 here with Healing the Healer podcast. I just want to thank you, the listeners who keep tuning in. And if there's anything that I can do to add value to your journey, either as a energy healer, especially using emotion code, body code, or uh, maybe use a different method like Reiki healing, I don't definitely want to include, um, I want to include anyone that, um, is in the energy healing space. I think you might be able to benefit uh, from the work that we do, specifically using the emotion code, body code, but uh, also my wife who uses the AOSCAN equipment, which um, if those of you who are not familiar with, um, can do many, many wonders. It's, it's a machine that uh, can be able to do basically almost like a $30,000 blood work uh, over the phone. I know it sounds really out there and, and Star Trek-y a little bit, but... Um, they can do that, and not only that, can send frequencies as well, long distance. And so, her and I work hand in hand together, and we're actually just almost done with a new project we're about to roll out uh, starting next month, and we're really excited about that. And so, um, but I wanted to talk to you about today with a verse in the scripture. Sometimes I, I like to just ponder about certain scriptures that have kept me going uh, in this type of work. And if you refer to John eleven thirty two. Uh, I'm just going to read the scriptures here. Um, it's actually John 11, verse 29 to 35. And so I'll just read this real quick. And the context of this is that um, one of uh, Mary um, basically had a brother named Lazarus who was uh, just recently passed away. Now, Jesus was very close to him. Uh, in fact, he cried, and the some of the writers said, look how he cries for someone who was close to him. And what's interesting about it is, is that Jesus knew what his plan was. In fact, a lot of people don't know, in order to really understand scriptures, um, it's very important to understand the context of the time period when it, we're in. And unfortunately, we have these lenses that are so 20th century, uh, but we're looking at things around you know, 30 AD, 30, 33 AD. I'm sorry, um, 33 AD or 30 AD. We're, we're looking at a different lens. Um, you know, it was a patriarchal society. Uh, men were considered greater than women. Uh, women were looked down upon or, or lesser than. Um, not to Jesus, but just in, in general society. Uh, the Romans were ruling, you know, so um, freedoms weren't really at its all-time high. Uh, people were deprived of their freedoms. Um, there was always something looming overhead. Um, many people coming as a Messiah and pretending to be the Savior, uh, many were crucified uh, during that time. And there were many amazing um, uh, Jewish leaders, but some of them went beyond the letter of the law. Some of them were also hypocrites. They kind of uh, used funds for their own being, and they wore nice clothes and were very hypocritical. Even though they wore these phylacteries on their head and their hands, they were um, unrighteously judging people and stoning people when they committed the sins themselves. So this is, so this is the, the territory Jesus is coming in. So... Again, sometimes we, in order to understand Jesus, is that he was raised as a Jew. And um, so he understood Jewish culture. One of the things that he understood is that around that time, there was this sort of 
not folklore, but almost a systematized way of of the afterlife and spirituality. Uh, some Jewish people didn't believe in resurrection. Some of them didn't. What's really interesting is that one of the things that they believed is that when a Jewish, when a, when someone dies, this is in Jewish culture, when someone dies, their spirit would be um, around their their physical tomb, if you will, uh, for a few days. Um, sometimes two days, three days. And um, Jesus knew that. And so if he were to come to raise the dead, in order for anyone to recognize that he actually brought them back, uh, he'd have to do it beyond the typical Jewish mysticism of a spirit hanging around a dead body. So there was a purpose behind not coming to Lazarus so quickly to raise him from the dead and saying, I am the resurrection. Um, but because people didn't know the bigger picture, they were like, if you were here, if you were here, this wouldn't have happened. You know, so let's look at verse 29. It says, as soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came unto him. Now, Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth into the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? Then said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So what's interesting is that um, the reason why I love this verse is because Jesus, even though he is about to teach one of the most powerful doctrines, see, when you teach, a lot of people teach many things in this world. They, they teach, teach, teach. Professors even teach. Uh, a very good example is uh, business professors teach, but they never own a business. Um, church people teach, but they they really don't follow Jesus Christ, but they're preaching about it, but they're just trying to raise money. It's called priestcraft. So, there's all these types of people out there. When Jesus taught a doctrine, um, he rose somebody from the dead. He was proving his divinity on the spot to let people know that what he's saying was true. And those who believed in him or started to believe in him, um, they would get baptized and they would follow him. And then other people would say that um, some people were witnesses and said that he raises devils. Or he, he did this through devil power. It's really what the, most of the rabbis said is that, and then he that's where he said, you know, a house cannot be divided within itself. How could a, how could a, um, a devil want to eradicate other devils? That makes no sense is what he's, what he's trying to tell them. And, uh, but people witnessed it. That, again, was a witness, a negative witness. They had their own supposition of how he did it. But at the end of the day, it's still a witness that he did something that was different that they've ever seen before with way more authority than anyone's ever come. But I love the fact that Jesus wept, which shows that, imagine this, imagine if you knew for a fact that you were going to raise him from the dead. Um, if you were going to uh, bring someone from one situation to a next situation, that's technically what a body code practitioner does all day long. Uh, all day long, you know, if you've done this for a while, that you're going to take someone from where they are broke to someone who could become very well off. You know 
that someone who is under health situations and has no hope, you know that they are going to um, be in a better physical position if they just stuck the course and over time. Now, everyone's different. It could take seven weeks, could take two weeks. doesn't matter. The thing is, is that the probability of them getting better if you're a proficient practitioner is that they're going to get better and they don't even know it. They can't even see it. And if they saw it, it's almost like they're lying to themselves thinking that, um, nothing will ever, you know, come of this. You know, a lot of people come with skepticism. Um, but again, if you've seen multiple times people go from this to that, um, you're just like Jesus. You're just like, I know I'm going to bring Lazarus back from the dead. But here's the powerful thing is that just to show you people ask, oh, I wish I knew how God was, or I wish I knew who Heavenly Father was. Well, a physical manifestation of uh, Heavenly Father is Jesus himself. So if you want to know how God would act, you would actually just see how Jesus lived his life. So what would God do? It's technically what would Jesus do? It's it's the same. They're both uh, in union. They're not one. They're separate beings, but they are in one mind. They're one mind. They're acting the way that the other one would act. Um, it's beyond obedient. It's completely obedient. There's there's no disobedience, uh, even a freckle of disobedience on Jesus. It's not. It doesn't exist. And that doesn't mean that he wasn't tempted because he did tell the apostles, you know, thank you for being with me through my temptations. So that means he has been tempted just like we are as humans, but he's like a kite. He's like full resistance. He he resists the wind. That's what makes him so powerful. He doesn't. Make, he's not powerful because he no nothing ever tempted. He's powerful because he's been tempted just like us, and he overcame all temptation. That's why we can lean on him. And so, what's interesting though again is is Jesus wept. It's one of the most powerful sentences uh, in the scriptures. Is that we have a God, a, a demigod, who it makes sense to him to cry with people who are grieving someone's death, even though he knew he was going to raise him to life. And how many times do we, sometimes during our practice, um, just kind of like don't listen uh, to a person who's grieving, you know? And I think it's very important too that um, to not be so callous and just say, Oh, well, you know, don't worry about that and don't worry about that. No, it's good to 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 listen, to acknowledge. It doesn't mean do a psychology session in, in 30 minutes. It just means it's good to acknowledge where someone's at, to sit there if they're crying. I, I've had plenty of clients uh, cry on the phone before, and I'm not saying, okay, hurry up, we're going to just remove this trapped emotion. I don't I don't do that. Um, it's okay to just say, okay, it's, it's totally fine. You're in a safe place. Uh, it's okay to get emotional. It can happen. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I, I just say very honestly, I'm sorry you had to go through that. But hey, let's just remove this real quick and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's very similar to what we do in this work. It's, it's good for us to weep. There's a very powerful quote by Truman G. Madsen. It's my favorite quote. Uh, he said, that feels so, com- so much compassion for people um, that you taste um, salt in your mouth when they cry. And um, it's one of my favorite um, quotes and and sometimes it's difficult even for me uh, to do it in my own family home just because um, you know I do it all day and then the person that really needs compassion the most is your partner or also your children you know so don't also don't exhaust yourself 
with compassion with your clients that you can't come home and be compassionate with the people that are the closest to you. So there needs to be a balance. And so I just wanted to share with you one of my favorite, almost most human scripture out there is that Jesus could have been like, okay, Mary, we get it. You're crying, but here, let me show you something really cool. He, he didn't do that. You know, he actually took the time to wept. And the person who wrote this, uh, John, uh, they called you know John the Beloved, um, he didn't write down how long he stayed there. He could have been weeping with them for a while. We don't know how long he grieved, but it doesn't matter how, how long he grieved. The point is, is that he grieved. He took the time, acknowledged someone, uh, put their head on his shoulders, and then he lifted them up, cried with them, and then lifted them up. Isn't that what we all do? Isn't that what we're supposed to do in our work? And so just think about it. The next time you have someone who's telling you something and you're already thinking in your mind, oh, it's probably this, it's probably that. We need to stop that. That's my personal opinion. We need to stop already thinking about what it could be in the body code map. We need to really take the time, reflect on what this person's saying, mourn with them for just for a few seconds, and then say, acknowledge what they've gone through, and then show them that there's a better way. So hopefully this uh, inspired you in your journey, either as a practitioner or as a client. And I just wanted to share one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible.